on this episode of DC On Screen! Let's get us a proper fry up going. Add a little bit of hatch. Didn't like that one anyway. Maybe some thyme garlic. Definitely Worcestershire. Alright, I'm gonna need a little crow. Oh, that's convenient. Come here, buddy. Oh, sorry. In the pan. In the pan. Yeah, we're all making sacrifices. Alright, let's go give this a shot. It looks pretty good. Okay. Alright, you can do this. Have a seat. Come on. Right, let's take a bite. Oh yeah, that's the worst thing I've ever had. Fuck this. I'm going another way with it. Here's to you, boys. the air cut my daddy's sad all the time he's an entertainment blogger who said the Snyder cut wasn't real he doesn't have time to play with me because he's too busy deleting his hack Snyder tweets my anger over what Zack Snyder was doing to what I felt were my characters blinded me to several possibilities that his films were deeper than I was willing to give them credit for that his Superman was one of the most well-rounded iterations of the character and most importantly, that a viable assembly cut of his vision existed. I swore it would never see the light of day, that it wasn't real. When HBO Max announced that it was real and being released, I spiraled. I deleted tweets. I backpedaled. But the Twitter backlash was never ending. I talked to my doctor. He recommended pulling my head out of my ass. Pulling your head out of your ass is the number one prescribed medication for people unwilling to see the obvious over obnoxious fan entitlement or bandwagoning. Having pulled their head out of their ass, 9 out of 10 patients could read Jay Oliva tweets, see pictures of film canisters that Zack Snyder posted on Vero, or even recognize the literally thousands of totally different iterations of DC characters that have been created through comics, video games, animation, novelizations, radio, television, and film. Call your doctor about rage, comic book burning, weeping uncontrollably with your hand outstretched while watching the Dark Knight trilogy or any Superman portrayed by Reeves, Reeve, Ralph, or Hecklin, involuntary muscle movement, anal seepage, dry mouth, or premature kids today rhetoric, as these may be permanent. These are not all the serious side effects. Some people may engage in intense proselytizing in favor of super obvious things that most people have known for years. Thanks to pulling my head out of my ass, I can deal with the fact that I was wrong. That a director I needlessly hate for brownie points from film Twitter can and should have his vision realized. And I realize that I need to spend time with my kid. The other day she actually scoffed at the effects in Superman the movie. Kids today. That's the sound of a day starting out right. 
I hear it every time my new Toro Z-Master 4000 Zero Turn starts up. With big-time horsepower, giant Voodoo track tires, TurboForce deck, and comforts like MyRide and USB ports, it's fully loaded to mow all day long while delivering that signature Toro cut. From start to finish, this beast means business. Get your Z-Master 4000 today. Toro. Count on it. Welcome into DC On Screen episode 595. I'm David C. Robertson, and this, the man who invented the fried flat cap, Jason Goss. Hello! <laughs> on this podcast, we are talking about the DC Comics multiverse on film and television, giving honest opinions on projects upcoming and past, and believe that every version of a property is valid, even if we don't want it to be. If it's been released, it is fair game, so beware of spoilers. Welcome to the show. Man, we have a... We have an interesting show today. It's, I think it's going to be an adventure. <laughs> I say no pretext. Just get into that shit. All right. Well, first we do have we do have a new patron, Ryan Hulesman. Oh, so Ryan, thank you very much. Thank for you for your wonderful wonderfulness, all your support. It is very appreciated. And if you'd like to help us keep the lights a flickering, go to Patreon.com/slash DC on screen. We have cool stuff. I've started a show, uh, How Now? I'm going to try to get to some Batman The Adventures Continue thoughts now that they've released a few more. You know, they put out this little digital first, and it's only like, it feels like a half or a fourth of a freaking actual comic. Oh. So. Yeah. I get that. Anyway. Me and DC and the word digital are on shaky terms right now. I understand. Everyone's making messed up choices, and we're going to see where it all works out. But I haven't been to post anything about like a pull list in I don't know how long, because I haven't had one. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, when you have a pull list, you'll make some more of those. I will. I think, I dare I say it, I think this uh-huh. Wednesday I finally get to go back and actually pick some stuff up. Okay, do it. Now, I, I'm pretty sure two weeks ago, like, the first or second of the things that I would normally follow was finally available, mm-hmm. but I just genuinely haven't had time. Yeah. I've been moving, keeping babies, fixing stuff. <laughs> uh, Yesterday we also was the have... first, door I was, first day I wasn't sore in, like, four weeks oh geez yeah i go like twice a week yeah well we also have chasing squirrels we have marvel reviews we just put up uh, a couple weeks ago we just put up our uh, into the spider verse review finally because i finally watched it finally um <laughs> and of course we're looking for more stuff to throw in as we go mm-hmm. uh and speaking of support you can also leave us a review on your podcast of choice if they give you that option anyway that helps us get seen and remain relevant in the eyes of the almighty algorithm. Mm-hmm. Um, Superhero Ethics sent us a uh, review. He, he said, uh, that's, I believe it's Matthew West Fox over there, says, mm-hmm. uh, they will change what you watch. They're that good. Be careful of these guys. They will make you watch shows and movies you thought of skipping just to hear their analysis. <laughs> they, talk about, they talk about shows with honesty and humor, celebrating what was great, being direct about what they what didn't work, especially now when I can't go get a beer with my friends after I see a movie to talk about it. These guys are the next best thing. Uh, you know, Matt, I'm sorry. I think it, we're better than that. No, it's meant to be a homely endeavor. We're not you know, trying we, to like... You know what? When you're having a beer with your real friends... You're mm-hmm. just stuck listening to their garbage takes while they spew beer breath all over you. You can at least turn us off. That's fair. And no beer breath. And no beer breath. Not that you can smell anyway. <laughs> no, I mean, not that. Uh, at that point, that's on you. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, but thank you, Matt. I, I, I do really appreciate that. Though. We, we do try to make it a welcoming atmosphere. Yeah. So let's get down to the news of the day, man. Shoot. I wonder what you want to talk about. 
I have no idea. <laughs> I'm just going to shoot from the hip. Oh, I don't know. Freaking Zack Snyder's what, Justice League mind? is happening! <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to edit that so hard. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> For those of you who didn't understand what I said, Zack Snyder's Justice League is happening. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's the take that, that I would have preferred. That, that sounded like an NPR version of it. Mm-hmm. So uh, on Wednesday, HBO Max announced that Zack Snyder's Justice League would release on their platform in 2021. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, uh, Zack thanked HBO Max and Warner Brothers for the, quote, brave gesture of supporting artists and allowing their true visions to be realized. Uh, and he thanked everyone in the Snyder Cut movement for helping make this a reality. Uh, Warner Media Entertainment Chair Robert Green, uh, Greenblatt sorry, mm-hmm. says, since I got here 14 months ago, the chant to release the Snyder Cut has been a daily drumbeat in our offices and inboxes. Well, the fans have asked, and we are thrilled to finally deliver. At the end of the day, it really is all about them, and we are beyond excited to be able to release Zack's ultimate vision for this film in 2021. This could never have happened if it weren't for the hard work and combined efforts of the teams at HBO Max and Warner Brothers Pictures. I, I, it's not all about, well, I mean, it is all about them, but it's really all about money, you know? Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> the, the least believable thing in, in all of that. There's some nice talk in there, but like, oh, it's all about yeah. them. No, it's not, buddy. I'm sorry. We're, no one's buying that shit. Right, right. You, shall, you, uh, you, you sell that shit elsewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't, I don't care. They can say whatever flowery shit they want to. Um. <laughs> I, I, I just, it's not even, it's that, that's not related to this context. I don't believe it when coaches say it. I don't mm-hmm. believe it. Yeah, no. Generally, when like award winners say it, occasionally you get a whiff that something feels real and true. But for the most part, it's just talk. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Riley, chief said, content though, officer. Kevin Riley, chief content officer at HBO Max, president TNT, TBS, and True TV, says when Zach and Debbie shared the extraordinary vision of where Zach wanted to take Justice League, my team and our counterparts at Warner Brothers took it as a mission to solve the many issues that stood in the way. Thanks to the partnership at Warner Brothers and the relentless pursuit of the entire Warner Max team, we are able to deliver this incredibly exciting moment for Zach, the fans, and HBO Max. And then Toby Emmerich. <laughs> Just the person we wanted. Yeah. Says, thanks to the efforts of a lot of people, we're excited to bring fans this highly anticipated version of Justice League. This feels like the right time to share Zach's story, and HBO Max is the perfect platform for it. Uh, we're glad the creative planets aligned, allowing us to release the Snyder Cut. Uh, now, the the reports are saying it's going to be between 20 and $30 million to complete this thing. Uh, visual effects are going to need to be completed. So, I mean, it's, I could buy that. We also don't Sounds know believable. how exactly it'll come to us. It might be released in like a four hour plus or maybe a little shy of four hours director cut, or it might be split into six chapters. Uh, according to the article yeah. on, uh, I think it was, um, sorry, the Hollywood Reporter said that Zach even pitched it as a miniseries. So if you're having issues uh, you know, swallowing that pill. This is the thing Zach <laughs> said. Hey, man, maybe we can do it this way. Yeah, I, I could root for either. I really, I really could. Yeah. Although it, it did occur to me earlier um, when Snyder pulled up his little shot of it uh, mm-hmm. to do his reveal. It was, it was in black and white, as yeah. are much of his pictures that he's released in, in his storyboards and frames. Mm-hmm. Just kind of cracked me up. It was in black and white. I still watch yeah. this shit out of it, but. <laughs> Well, I think, you know, I don't care. Like, 
I, th- I think uh, that's like a nice way to differentiate it from because they use that same they use that same poster for the <laughs> for the, for the theatrical for the official. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, so the only it, the only reason it occurred to me was a I, I kind of thought well, you know what everything I've seen is in black and white that he's been pulling out almost everything and then second yeah that probably would cut down on the cost of doing the post production. Well, no, I don't think it's going to stay in black and white. I think it'll be. They've specifically mentioned color correcting as part of their process. Oh no, no, I don't. I don't believe I'm. No, that's that. I, it's not going to happen. I mean, I would love to see a black and white version. Let's do a noir version like Logan did. Yeah, that could work. No, I I do not believe that's going to happen for sure. Yeah, uh, Whedon said Whedon. Uh, <laughs> uh, Snyder, what, what could be on your mind? Well, Snyder says you probably saw one-fourth of what I did, uh, even though he still hasn't seen the Whedon's version. That's what I have written in my notes, so I saw the word Whedon. And just yeah. Went, Whedon said, well, Whedon didn't say shit. <laughs> yeah. Um. And you know what? If I had to bet, if if anything, at some point, Whedon will have some supportive voice about it. Really? Oh, yeah. I, I genuinely think if we if we hear from him, it'll be supportive. You know, the, the Snyder cut people I mean, always he felt give... screwed, too. They, I mean, they, they uh, fucked him both. Yeah, someone I saw someone's like someone said um, not to us, but on the timeline was like, "Oh, are we gonna start demanding a Whedon cut now?" I don't, I don't feel like demanding it, but I wouldn't mind seeing it. <laughs> yeah, because we know it was it was still changed quite a bit. Yeah, I mean one of the one of the things you and I have well two the two major things you and I have agreed on the entire time is mm-hmm. one we would love to see the Snyder cut and. Two, it. I think. I mean, we squarely blamed the executives for what's happening. Like, oh yeah. Like, if I had my Deadpool board, like when I was trying to chase down uh, Ajax or whatever, mm-hmm. um, it, Emmerich's like the last one I think I have on my hit list. <laughs> yeah. We we've really lost a lot of the other people that I feel like were just reigning in artists to a point where it was it was hurting them and they didn't even know or they they couldn't realize it. I guess. Mm-hmm. Emmerich's yeah. Like you laughed when you brought his name up. <laughs> Was like, I did. Oh, this fucker again. <laughs> so he's the last man standing and shoved to the back of the line of, of people in this article who's saying a thing about it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like genuinely, I I was hoping it'd be true. And I feel like since Hamada and even really kind of Jim Lee have been around as mm-hmm. the major two contributors. Yeah. I feel like we're in a different, better place. I do too, man. The movies have do done too. better. I, I felt better leaving the theater most of the time. Mm-hmm. Hasn't been as divisive online. Even Jim Lee in the last few months has said a lot of stuff. Like he was very deflective about Snyder Cut comments, but he said, "Like, look, I can't say anything about that. It's going to become clickbait." But yeah, we've got to find a way to get together, guys. Yeah, uh, Snyder says that before Emmerich uh, called him, he said, "I always thought it was a thing that in twenty years maybe somebody would do a documentary and I could lead them, uh, or sorry, lend them the footage, little snippets of a cut no one has ever seen." And uh, you know, this this is actually really great for you too, by the way. Like for because, me? Yeah, great oh, for no, you. Oh, no, that's how I thought that would go down. Deborah Snyder says, with the new platform and streaming services, you can have something like this. You can't release something like this theatrically, which is what you all have been saying the whole time, but you could with a streaming service. It's an opportunity that wasn't there two years ago, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're I mean, I'm, I'm definitely so like... So look at the Snyder shine in your dick, buddy. Yeah, thank, I, I appreciate the mitigating circumstances. Uh, they're great <laughs> not ev- like not everything i've said was completely wrong but yeah no i was completely not. wrong about the news coming out 
as it did and specifically that early. I was just flatly wrong mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. But, you know, like when everything we did this time has been wrong. No, but um like specifically when we talked last Monday, like I I was I was finally happy to like like I th- I thought the wind was changing as I put it, but um I just didn't think it was going to happen that early and then eh, mm-hmm. I was, I was flatly wrong about that. It, it finally did happen and it would happen in a format that I would never predict it. Yep. So, so you I mean, know, I'm happy to have it though. I mean, I um, think it, the things I ended up being right about were only only the parts about why it was a struggle. Like it 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 is it was an uphill battle. And I deeply applaud yeah. everyone who was just fighting that fight from day one. I was I, I'm cynical by nature, so this is mm-hmm. this is like uh, uh, my mournful period is like, man, I kind of wish I'd been more upbeat and a part of that. But yeah, I I wasn't. So I'm very proud for everyone who was. <laughs> but it's not part of my nature to do that kind of thing. I'm not a no, man of I faith when it comes down to it. I get it. Um. So, blah, 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 blah. so the article from Hollywood Reporter said that uh, after the Saturday morning phone call from Emmerich, where he was basically like, all right, people want it. What do you guys want to do? And <laughs> 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 you could just, and like, I Emmerich, read that. Emmerich, you could almost hear him saying like, all right, so I finally opened my Twitter account. <laughs> and oh my god did you know yeah. eventually notifications stop being numbers and just become an ellipses and then an exclamation point yeah no i think they were they were deeply aware of everything that was happening it's only mm-hmm. him i doubt yeah. Damn it. <laughs> like i feel like the people around him were very aware it's him that i doubt okay well that might be fair i kind of feel mean, like yeah yes and, yes and no he's still like i only i'm only like resentful about him because he was still part of the same regime that made some bad choices yeah, I'm not sure what part he played in that. Well, I don't think that's something we'll, well ever have access to. The thing, the the common thing is that they could have pushed back Justice League to some degree to make the CGI better, the mustache better, et cetera, et cetera. But they wanted to rush it out in case AT and T fired him and Sujihara, yeah, so that they would get their little bonuses if it was a success. But um, you know, we 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 know that Emmerich was involved in replacing people and you know, changing the tone of the film and cut, cut, cut. And we know that he and Sujihara were, you know, bosom buddies in that regard. So yeah, there was a lot of that. And just little stuff like not wanting the no man's land scene and wonder woman, just a bunch of you're the executives. You, no. punch, you, you wrote the budget, you picked the director, let him fucking cook the meal. And I like, like, I like the, I like in my head, there's a version of this where, Emmerich is like talking to somebody, some like some of the higher ups at AT and T, and he's like, "Guys, I just I really appreciate you guys like letting me stay and blah blah blah." And they're like, "Yep, you know we're gonna have to fix this, right?" (laughs) What do you mean, Justice League? Ah, shit. Yeah, yeah. You you saw uh, those. You saw how much it was trending the other day, right? (laughs) Can I call you, Amy? No, I'm gonna call you, Amy. Um. We've received approximately three and a half million emails today, um, and that and and that's just shy of the seven million tweets this week regarding the subject. And we're just wondering um, how many engineers we're going to need to get your head out of your fucking ass. Mm-hmm. Seven, eight, nine million engineers. What are we looking at here, buddy? <sighs> yeah. All right. I think it was just we were in a dark place with the execs. They didn't trust the material. They didn't. They panicked and. Uh... I think all those people are pretty much gone at this point. I don't know. Hopefully. Hopefully they are. I think a lot of them. We'll see. 
like I said, that's one of those deep stories that there's only a handful of people that really know what happened, and we're never going to get access to the entire entire part of that story. Like, we'll in, see, unless uh, there's a tell-all kind of thing. Hopefully, at this point, they're looking at it going like, oh, we've done lighter, and it didn't matter. <laughs> well, they've gone a lot of ways with it. Like, Aquaman was not particularly <laughs> light. Made a fucking bill. Yeah, but was still Joker shit was on by Rock Tomatoes. not light. Made a bill. Now, I know mm-hmm. it's not part of the DCEU, but they made the movie and they're still looking at the same set of characters. So we're, I'm going to call it, for this example, relevant. Hopefully they, AT&T, like I said last week, hopefully AT&T are like, all right, so what we're doing is we're going to start boozing up <laughs> the the critics yeah. <laughs> and make sure that yeah, they have dude, their throw presence. Throw the motherfuckers an iPad in the open bar. God damn. Yeah. Like, you could start a Kickstarter for us, the fans, to do that for you when we probably would. Like, all of these bloggers, all of these young bloggers, are, they grew up on Marvel. They are yeah. prone for Marvel. They And they're still giving them shit. They're still saying, hey, here, have freaking booze and iPads. Now, do I think <laughs> that's merch. right? No, it's a shitty system. And the participants are shittier for being a part of it. Mm-hmm. And the people who were just posting stuff because they didn't get an iPad can go fuck themselves. I mm-hmm. cannot describe the amount of dildos I would like them to fuck themselves with. But... Yeah, would I just pay the price and get past the fucking troll and the toll bridge? Yeah, goddamn right I would. Yeah, because the general audience sits and goes, oh, that Rotten Tomatoes score was bad. There, Yeah, I mean, there legit is a GA part of this, where if you don't have some hype from some trusted sources like Bubble, you just can't get, I mean, you need all the pieces going a certain way. And if a lot of those pieces start working the the other way, man, it's just it's harder. It really is harder. Dude, BVS is like the the epitome of that that effect too. Because like I had people making fun of me at work for liking the movie, making Martha jokes and shit. They had not even seen the movie. No, we lost people over that movie. Mm-hmm. Like by the hundreds. And yes, and that's not an exaggeration. No. Um and. <laughs> In my in my personal <laughs> life, I would have conversations with people that were like, "Well, I just don't know because blah 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 and blah blah." And then I'd have the same conversation. Well, have you seen it? Well, no, but I heard. Okay, well, go see it, and then we'll have this conversation. Then come back and be like, "Well, I have still like questions." And and honestly, like Martha is not. It's it's Martha the the Martha scene is the weak point. If I mean, I think and that's was, the weak point. And it was still a damn interesting thing. It was an interesting thing, but it's still like. I get why that has criticism. I feel like it could have been done differently. And yeah, I I do think it's the weak point, but it's not the end of the goddamn world. And the rest of the movie is fantastic mm-hmm. and super strong. Yep. All right. Ooh, we need to move. Yeah. So There's a lot of this kind of stuff to cover. <laughs> yes. Yes, sir. Well, that's a lot of our feelings up front. So we've taken care of that. <laughs> so, yeah, they put together a presentation in early February, uh, according to this uh, article. And uh, that was to a select group from executives from Warner Brothers, HBO Max, and DC. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they were shown a a version of it that was in black and white. And uh, there were more than a dozen people in attendance talking about Emmerich, Carolyn Blackwood, and Walter Hamada, HBO Max's Kevin Riley, Sarah Aubrey, and Sandra Dewey to Jim Lee. Jim Lee was there. So I would have bet on him making time for that. Yeah. Yeah. And then he did a presentation after the screening, outlined ideas for re- not just releasing the cut, but for doing like a- episodes and cliffhangers. And uh, the article says the executives left the meeting pumped. And then uh, apparently, it, uh, you know, there's a lot of people out there saying that 
the only reason this is happening is because of the coronavirus. But Deborah Snyder says the the coronavirus struck and Hollywood all but shut down and it almost like destroyed the Snyder Cut. She said people thought it won't be possible to ramp up and that maybe this should go in the back burner. And she's and they were like, no, this is the right time because our visual effects houses that rely on so much are running out of work. So now is the time to be doing this. I, I, I do get it. I get it as far as the timing goes. If if we didn't have people saying in November that ended up being right about the entire thing that in November it was a deal that they were currently working on, I would I would I probably I'd probably be open to that narrative. I really would because <laughs> mm-hmm. it does make sense. Like, well, everything else is shut down. We need to make HBO Max worthwhile. What do we have on the on the register? Great, let's do that now. Mm-hmm. I I would buy that, but. Eh. There's there's a lot of evidence that this has been months coming. And like in November, I mean, it's not that it wasn't unknown in November. It was known. It just wasn't known by most countries in November. Um, it wasn't a thing we were very worried about in November. Let's put it that way. Right. So people were still going about their day normally. And as time progressed through like January, February, it started to get abnormal. Mm-hmm. So I, it, minimally, it, I can, we can trust that I think that there were a couple months where they were just moving forward just outright before this was everything. Yeah. Uh, So apparently Snyder spent uh, April and some of this month reaching out to the cast, giving them a heads up on uh, the the new development, letting them know their services may be needed. And he, the first person he called was Ray Fisher who played cyborg. And uh, I I would not be surprised if that dude wept a little bit. I I would. He had. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) uh, Yeah. He was apparently such a fanboy of it. And yeah, from all the, De- all the you know tales we've heard about like stuff that hit the hit the floor i get it it was all him <laughs> it, was it was all a, him it was a lot of cyborg on the fucking editing room floor man i mean it's all his arc man yeah i think maybe so, he even deserves that first call so there's no schedule going forward at this stage um they're talking to post-production houses mm-hmm. it's given hbo plenty of time uh to find the best way to present the show uh prevent the present the the cut Snyder is at the same time in post-production on Army of the Dead for Netflix. So that's still happening and that's coming out in 2021. 2021 is going to be a good good year for Snyder fans, man. Yeah, it will be. Um, I count myself among those. I like Snyder. I really do like his work. That has never so, been a question. If anyone doubts us, listen to our first Man of Steel review. Yeah. I mean, I have my issues with Man of Steel or I, I had way more back then. But at the same time... You, you softened I, to it largely. Yeah. I did actually. But, you know, also... I like Snyder. I've always said I like Snyder. Yeah, me too. It's still Watchmen. Any cut of Watchmen is still my favorite CBM of all time. Mm-hmm. It's it's my favorite story, and he did just an incredible job with it. So it's still top of my list at all time. Yeah. Uh, now, Deborah says this movie was the culmination of a hero's journey that all these characters went on, and the idea was always to build them up to be the heroes people expected them to be. Um, we are going to get Dark Side in the movie. Sweet. Oh, I heard Ray Porter doing some teasing on that one. Oh yeah, yeah, he's been making the rounds, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. I she says, uh, "What's so lovely about this? About the the idea of doing a, a longer series cut is we get to explore these character characters in ways that you're not able to in a shorter theatrical version." I I'm really excited about this, man. I I really am. Like I've been thinking about this shit all week. <laughs> I. Like I said, there's no version of it that could happen that I'm not going to be pretty happy with. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it was a six-part, 30-minute series, the only frustrating part would be they're going to release it week by week. 
Mm-hmm. I, if anything, for like the short-term gratification, I'd prefer him just release a long-ass movie. Yeah. But for long-term, yeah, I think that can sneak more into a six or eight part or whatever the fuck they end up doing 30-minute series, and I'll take that too. I watched the Watchmen series on HBO as happily as I've ever watched any goddamn thing. It was amazing. Yeah. Uh, so Snyder gave credit to the fans, said clearly this wouldn't be happening without them. But he also credits Warners for living up to its old reputation as the filmmaker studio. He says this return to that pedigree and to let my singular vision of my movie be realized in this format, in this length, is unprecedented and a brave move. Um, he later posted on Vero a picture, a colored picture of Ryan Choi uh, uh, and said, oh, I saw this that. will be fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's good. Here, I, I Honestly, the first thing I thought was like, well, he should have said he's, he's going to play no small part in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh Harry Lennox, who played uh Swanwick, mm-hmm. who we know is the Martian Manhunter. From storyboard fame. <laughs> yes. Uh This is so unprecedented to be talking about like storyboards as things that are real now. I know, man. He he responded to the news and he says, Justice League in the Snyder Cut. Things don't just happen, things happen just. <laughs> I do like that. And Snyder uh Took a like screenshotted a picture of the tweet and posted it on Vero with the caption "Watching over them all." I think Scott <laughs> uh, said something about like give this man some chacos, which made me laugh. That's funny. That's good. Um, so someone asked Zach, "Are we getting OG the OG Steppenwolf design from BVS?" And Zach replied with a kissy face and a wink emoji. So I'll take that as a <laughs> yep. So yay. I'll take it. That's another. That's another little piece of the puzzle that we uh, we can work with now. We know Whedon was not happy with Steppenwolf. Oh, we you know people complained about Steppenwolf and Whedon liked those tweets. Exactly. There is no version of the then. Steppenwolf that we've seen that anyone who directed that movie at any given stage was particularly happy with. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, uh, like a complete redo, like complete Mulligan out of that. Yeah, possible. Yep. So Ray Porter though, who plays. Dark side, mm-hmm. and he actually got to announce that on Twitter. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Yeah, even though we've known for months, uh, if not a year or more, uh, said he hasn't heard anything about the New Gods movie. And if Ava des- Ava DuVernay decides to go in a different direction, he understands because <laughs> everybody's asking, "Are you playing him in the in the in, in the New Gods?" He's like, ah, "Dude, I don't know." <laughs> that is going to be hard to work with now. Like, she, yeah. that's that's going to be an interesting nuance to this whole thing. Maybe it might be. You know, another. And, like, there's plenty of new gods. You don't have to necessarily have a dark side. You yes, don't. he is the most famous of them. Infamous, I should say. Oh, I mean, you've got to have dark side in a new gods movie. Really? <laughs> I mean, yes, I think so. But but it's, it's something I remember us talking about was when they said they were going to do a new gods and they were really investing and they got, the you know, the, the hot director to do it and all that stuff. Like, mm-hmm. we kept saying, well, you know what? But the whole time we're going to be thinking, I've seen the Omega symbol. Yeah. And I know that got sidetracked. So what mm-hmm. are we doing? Like, I think oh. we were just hopeful that it would somehow get picked up a little bit, but yeah. I don't know. Now, look, already from unofficial sources, uh-huh. we've started We've started to see- Got to confirm uh, my skepticism sneaking y- back in. Y- you absolutely should. <laughs> there- <laughs> it, was a good, it was a great vacation. Thank you all for making that happen for me. It was I wonderful. I don't get that very often. So here, <clears throat> we're starting to get some some strange reports coming out now. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it's going to be, you know, scoopers who are saying one thing and then other scoopers saying another thing. So over on the wrap up podcast, Umberto Gonzalez says, there's not going to be any reshoots of any kind with any actors. It's just additional dialogue, which we ha- it has been reported that 
they were being called for additional dialogue recordings. But Umberto is saying, is doubling down on that, saying there's not going to be any reshoots of any kind with any actors, which I don't see how that can be true because, as, as far as I know, Snyder has said that they need to shoot something with Harry Lennox uh, for him to be able to transition to uh, Martian Manhunter. So there's that. I mean, they could CGI confusing. him after, but they've got to have a, a shot of him not being that person. Mm hmm. We can pull a and, Supergirl on this thing, is what I'm saying. But Yep. So Gonzalez continues, here's something that hasn't been reported yet. Snyder did want to shoot, and he wanted to do additional photography, but HBO Max said, no, that's not happening. We'll give you money for post-production, for special effects, for scoring, and even ADR, but no reshoots of any kind on this movie. This movie is basically one and done. This is to close the loop, to finish the story. Maybe not the whole story. Because we did have like a three to five picture plan, but this Snyderverse, I'll call it, will end with the Snyder Cut. Don't expect any spinoffs for Batman or with Ben Affleck as Batman or any of that. So there's that. Um, I mean, yes and no. There was a originally there was a five picture plan. Mm-hmm. If if I recall, that was how we were going to do this. Um, if I recall, that was before any any photography had taken place at all. Yeah. I mean that was like in the Man of Steel days, like in in the in the time of just thinking. Well, Henry Cavill will work. <laughs> I think it was like going to be a five picture idea. I would say it was like around BVS because they were act like Snyder has said they were actively trying to figure out what they were doing for Man of Steel, and once he he let the the cat out of the bag with the idea of Batman, that idea never got put back in. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's I I may be misremembering this. Let's talk about it. So you if are. I remember. <laughs> what i'm saying is there was gonna be a man of steel he had an idea for wonder woman which yeah. if uh as far as i understand a lot of his idea for wonder woman still kind of made it out of the bag oh yeah uh and he had an idea for jl1 and jl2 which mm-hmm. was basically going to be the death and return of superman but i think he wanted a man of steel a man of steel 2 wonder woman jl1 and jl2 as where he was going to introduce batman along the way from what i remember it was years now though it was like since we started right it was like while they were shooting bvs he made a plan where it was going to be uh bvs sorry it would wound up being man of steel bvs justice league justice league part two and justice league part three and there were also like little side projects and stuff and like one-offs like or you know spinoffs expansions of the of the universe like wonder woman there was the aquaman movie that we obviously knew about the the ben affleck batman movie um a deathstroke movie that was coming that that uh well see i've I, in my memory that came about later but part of it has mm-hmm. been reinforced by like when we started like when we started recording 594 fucking episodes ago apparently mm-hmm. god damn um i still like when i i can still find pieces on our little like google shared drive that we yeah. use on our Google calendar where like, I remember a couple of years ago where I found like justice league part two on our calendar when I was going to add stuff to it and thought, yeah. <laughs> Oh, you poor fool. Um, or <laughs> the green lantern 2019 that I deleted in late last year. Where I was uh-huh. like, oh, well that that's a negative. Right. And in, in my memory of even just releasing stuff from our calendar that never quite came to be it, uh, mm-hmm. It still was a little more limited than that. I still think I remember it just being Superman, Justice League. Well, back then we didn't know about the five, the five film arc that I just 
talked about. Like, there were all these like, oh, hey, here are these movies that are in development that are going to happen that Warner Brothers is saying, yes, this is happening to. But yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole thing got blended. I mean, there was there was a slate at some point that was mm-hmm. uh, it yeah. was a it was a huge selling point. Like we, I remember us talking about that slate and just thinking this is going to be incredible. I, I can't believe we're going to see this. Mm-hmm. And then still, as time has gone by, we've thought this is incredible and I can't believe we're seeing this. For better or worse. Mm-hmm. Varying inflections on the word incredible. Yeah. So uh, Joe Manganiello, mm-hmm. who, who played Deathstroke. Uh, Wonderfully. Respond, for like the five seconds he was there. Yeah. Says the original end credit scene. And then he just put like emojis of swords, a bat, and a skull. Mm-hmm. Which uh, apparently indicates that there's something between him and Batman in that original scene. Oh, Travis Hines, our, our buddy Travis. Fantastic of uh, superhero discussions and super civil service podcast mm-hmm. says, if we actually get Deathstroke, if we actually see Deathstroke break Lex out of Arkham and look so badass while doing so, do you think there could be renewed interest in a Deathstroke solo movie with Joe Manganiello? Yes. I, <laughs> depending on how popular and how, how, how big the Snyder cut winds up being, I, even if it's just in a, uh, an HBO max capacity, I think there's tons of opportunity for this kind of shit. I think there's, I mean, they're making a Green Lantern series with Jeff Johns. Yeah. Oh, the, 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 like the opportunities are boundless. Yeah. Like, don't believe Umberto at this point. Like, the no, see, there's um, no reason to buy his story on this one. The reason that I, 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 you know, last episode, I'm like, oh, even Umberto is saying this, you know, and now I'm saying, eh, Umberto's saying it. Like, don't believe it <laughs> necessarily because now he's trying to run along a certain trail, and you're like, dude, you don't know that. If Snyder Cut is a hit there's all sorts of shit that could be going on yeah i mean in theory it could be true that they're just going to do this as a one-off but and to his credit you got to give him like it will be a streaming platform we won't mm-hmm. know what the numbers are right like the only way you could look it up is uh, you know doing some advanced twitter searches and and maybe looking at google trending or something mm-hmm. but short of like some media outlets and some inside sources Every streaming outlet, it's, it's really, it's been since Netflix, keeps their numbers secret. And they do it for a reason. Mm-hmm. It does not benefit them to not keep those numbers secret. That That's, nothing's compelling them to not do that. Anyway, so that, like, that's a whole, you know, and it's a, it's a double-edged sword. Like, on, on the one hand, I think for fans, that's a good thing. On the other hand, it, it hurts sometimes. But uh, they won't be beholden to anything. Like, they can do this with relatively low risk. I mean, it's going to cost them $20, $30 million, and that doesn't actually sound like a completely unreasonable figure to do that kind of post work, especially on something that may end up getting broken up into a miniseries instead of running it as a movie like you were hoping, or like you originally planned. Um, Like, splitting that up does cost hours in a a post-production house to actually do a thing, but... Uh, I mean, yeah, but it's it's a black box, man. We don't we we are not going to know how this goes over unless they tell us. Yeah. So if they and just tell us like, hey, we we made our thing and and it was it was great and I hope you enjoyed it and shut it all down, we got nothing. But if the it old, turns into a whole thing, we we won't know any better. The old days of having ratings be public. Oh, Nielsen's fucked. Yeah, dude, this it it's creates over. such a terrible narrative, like. Because you get fans who are like who don't understand the process, they don't understand the creative process, they don't understand the budgetary process. They are busy looking at like, well, I don't understand. Like, 
the show I over like here. This character they introduced this season. So why did the show fail? Well, it had yeah. half the views well, it had every previous season. But they even go so far as to be like, well, okay, well, why would they cancel this show because this other show got the same ratings or got less ratings and they renewed that? Yeah, different but the show network, that they different re- expectations. Well, the show they renewed was you know cost a hundred thousand dollars to make every episode, and the <laughs> show they canceled cost four million. I don't that's, understand. How do you not? That's the Legends of Tomorrow effect right there. How do you not understand, baby? I don't understand. How do you not understand? Yeah. Like, that's what I don't understand is how you don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> like, numbers are different. Budgets are different. Well, Look, the one thing, like, Nielsen, a flawed system to its core. It's terrible. But even uh-huh. giving, even giving like a, a, I don't know, a vague idea of what may be happening is still more than we're getting in some idea, or like some other... Uh, like we're not, we have more, that's more than we get from Netflix, but it also gives us a very wrong idea sometimes. So it's just yep. like, we're getting a bunch of false positives and false negatives out of Nielsen. Whereas with them, we have absolutely nothing to go on. And you know what, which one do you want? Do you want to be mm-hmm. completely wrong sometimes? Or do you just want to know nothing at all? I I, I don't know. It's the right. whole thing's flawed. They have complete control. <laughs> like just top to bottom. They've got complete control. All we can do is kind of like find, find the right people to listen to sometimes. And hope we're right, I guess. Yeah. <coughs> Ooh, excuse me. But if it moves into it, this is one thing I wanted to urge people to do. Like, the Snyder Cut's great. We're, I mean, I assume you have some AirCut stuff planned later. Mm-hmm. Um, AirCut, we'll air it. it looks good. Maybe great. Just, we don't have to, like, uh, the whole universe sounds great. But if it doesn't happen, you know, just don't, don't be destroyed by it. We don't know yet. Yeah. Um, Our buddy Al Granite. Long-time listener. Mm-hmm. Right, Sin says, I liked Justice League. I know it's not great, but I've watched it repeatedly. <laughs> Sounds like us. <laughs> I have watched it a few times. But everyone is assuming the Snyder Cut. Varying levels of concern, but yeah. Everyone with varying levels of concern. <laughs> everyone is assuming the Snyder Cut will be awesome. What if it's terrible or worse than the theatrical Justice League? BVS and Man of Steel had a lot of criticism. People will demand a Whedon Cut next. That's who it was. That's who it was. Look. Here's the thing, uh, the more rational, like there are, there are tons of Snyder cut acolytes, I guess I'll call them who no matter what will believe that the Snyder cut was better. Okay. And to them, good on you. Now there are going to be a bunch of pissy bloggers and, uh, who are, who are going to shit on it no matter what they're going to say, ah, oh, it was even worse. We're going to go with the word detractors. So you don't yes. have to use a funny voice. I like funny voices though. <laughs> <laughs> and then there will be those wanted to who... give you an option to be a dick I know <laughs> I like being a dick yeah me too sometimes alright so there, there, there's going to be all sorts of different kinds of people on this thing art is subjective there are going to be people who have convinced themselves that it's going to be shittier than Justice League and they can't write they can't they can't wait to write that article or just to give their quote unquote hot take on Twitter um there are people who are convinced that it's not going to, there's, there's no way it can be worse than Justice League. It's got to be great. It's going to be awesome. That's fine. Everybody can have whatever they want, man. If they want to convince themselves of whatever, that's fine. Uh, my primary issue is I love these characters. Uh, I like Zack Snyder. I felt bad for how things went down with him. And I wanted him to see his actual uh, vision as much as he could realized. And I would like to see that. I don't feel like I have an obligation or not an obligation. I don't feel like I had, uh, I was entitled to that. I don't feel like, uh, I f- this is a privilege for me. This isn't a, you know, 
Warner Brothers extending the courtesy to let me, you know, to, <laughs> to, to make, let me decide which one I like better. No, this is, they are making money. This is a transaction. Um, the fans successfully proved that there was a market for it. Um, and honestly, it didn't come about until there was a platform and a business plan that made sense for it. So I'm, I'm good with it and I'm ready for it. I, I would, I would like to see it. Yeah. But, um, I'm also the guy that, you know, will buy deluxe editions of movies and watch like the theatrical version and the director's cut and the editor's cut and the, <laughs> yeah. the second producer's cousin's cut. And, you know, I watch fan edits. <laughs> I, I like, I like to see how things change when other people have, you know, their thoughts, you know, I'm I just, I'm that guy, think- so... I think the only fan edit I've actually watched is something called The Matrix Designized. Mm-hmm. And it was just makes re- it was I think it was two and three actually. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But it was uh, looking back because I watched them all in the last couple of weeks. Just uh, I don't know. I'd, something got into my head. Probably Google AdSense or, or some shit like that. But whatever got into my head where I thought ah, I want to watch the Matrix movies. Let me let me try to find some time. Mm-hmm. So I uh, I watched them piecemeal and. Um, I realized most of what I didn't like about those movies was in the second one. Like most of the stuff that I wasn't happy about, because I, I generally was happy with those movies, um, yeah. uh, was in the second one. And what I also realized was I specifically, for some reason, remember this designized cut. And it was just they took out all the City of Zion bullshit that we didn't care about in the second one. Mm-hmm. Like they they could have just made Zion and MacGuffin the entire three films and that would have been fine and just shown us glim- glimpses. But they tried to make like an eight minute house party out of the whole thing with a four minute speech before it. And I didn't give a fuck. I was good with everything in Zion but the orgy. <sighs> that was a longer orgy than I think you recall. I mean, it was, a but bit. it wasn't all of Zion. Like there was a lot of stuff in it, Zion that wasn't was the orgy. Bit. Yeah, no, there's there's plenty we can rehash on some other some other <laughs> thing about. Here's the what, thing. That what conf- of that was what have uh, actually helped the film or not? But here's the thing that confused me: freaking the dude. I think that it's the only fan in. edit I've watched in my lifetime. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Other than I don't know which cut of Blade Runner I originally saw. I had a friend in college show me Blade Runner, and uh, it, yeah, I know it's a little bit blasphemy to call anything on that a fan cut of any kind. But I don't. I don't <laughs> know what version I watched of that movie. I just genuinely uh-huh. don't. I'm sorry. It was back in college. It was uh what's 2020 it was about 15 years ago and i was probably Mm -hmm. very high i do not recall so one one quick note about the matrix here and Mm -hmm. i'll I'll stop talking about it i always thought it was funny in that second movie there you bring that that up i know that guy the one guy the guy that played uh michael on lost i think is who played him walks in comes in i can't help you i don't know lost he comes in and uh his wife is there and he goes where's my pussy and then he sees the kids he's like oh hey hey hey." oh that was a redo uh, I don't or a callback or whatever, because they did that in the in the film and, and and well, what? No, in the in the movie in the second one, the person who did that joke was the guy comes in and says like, "Where's my?" P-? and then gets cut off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. That but that scene. was Harold Perrineau, who I remember as being the uh, angel slash apparently maybe not as angelic as we thought guy from Constantine. Yes, he played Michael on Lost. Oh, okay, all right. See, I know him from nothing else. Father of Walt. <laughs> It was dude from Constantine for me. Yeah. So yeah, he comes in, he says that, and he's like, oh no, the kids are here. I think it was funny that they just said, they were like, oh, we got to be careful around the kids. Can't say stuff. And they're like, 
by the way, we're going to go to a giant orgy later. <laughs> yeah, where I assume they just all chilled in their caves for like, What were the kids doing during this giant orgy? Were they there? Were they like, what is that noise? What is that noise of that sounds like everyone in Zion climaxing at the same time? I don't know. Oh, that's it's, nothing, child. Go back to sleep. It's not like there was a mechanism in that universe where you could just turn on the TV really loud. <laughs> like That wasn't a thing. <laughs> I don't know how eat, they pulled it off. Eat your cream of wheat. Uh, the, everyone. Uh, no, here's how it happened. Everyone had children at an age such that they could have the oldest babysit the youngest and take okay. care of that for them. Okay. I'll believe that. I guess that's how you'd have to do it because I have no other explanation. Mm-hmm. There might be one in like Animatrix <laughs> that I've forgotten. There's not. <laughs> oh. Anyway, I don't know where the hell we were heading with that. I don't know. Henry Cooper on Twitter says, what other heroes, uh, now that Martian Manhunter, Green Lantern, and the Atom are coming in Justice League... Would you like to see in the league? Personally, mine's Green Arrow. Um, Shazam. Uh, God, both. Both. Uh, definitely Shazam since we've already seen him. Plus, he can also mix that thing up in a way that's going to be really fun. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I would Ooh. go with Shazam. Black Especially off, off the people we've already seen. I want to see Journey in the, in the Justice League. Uh, that's good, too. Um, oh, God, those are all really good. But we have a dark coming out. So, I mean, go JSA with that shit. Get some Dr. Fate mm-hmm. in there. Fuck it. Sure. Uh, he also wants to know uh, both of our reactions when we saw the Snyder Cut was announced. And then he says, Jason better be ready to chow down on his hat. I, we've established that. He, he did that. We heard him. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I mean, the overall line is, yes, I wanted it too. I was wrong about it happening, especially when it happened. And mm-hmm. I'm just so happy to be wrong. Yeah. So... My reaction was, uh, I was asleep. I was sure it was happening. And, uh, I was like, I'm not staying awake for this thing that I can access at a later time when I have I'm half a wake up to this storm later. Look, man, here's the thing. I, I keep weird hours and, um, to quote Lewis Black, there's not a damn thing you can learn with one bloodshot eye. So. <laughs> Don't forget about that line. That's good though. And, and True. That's that's good wisdom. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm going to, I'm excited about all this. And now that uh, CW shows are wrapping up, guess what? I'm going to have time to sit down and I'm going to watch Man of Steel and do the Man of Steel commentary with Zack Snyder. And then I'm going to watch the BVS or vice versa, whichever one he did first, because I want information in the order he gave it. But yeah, all that's going to happen. But uh, yeah, I was you know 99.9% sure it was coming so I just went to sleep with a smile on my face knowing that when I awoke uh things were going to be this was going to be a different world and uh sure enough (laughs) I um I didn't I mean I didn't I I have hours that are far more normal than I would like um even in my current situation so I was up at like 7 30 that day I think Mm mm-hmm um, I mean, my body was up by seven thirty. By eight thirty, I was actually up, maybe. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the first, like it, uh, we're in Central Time, so I think tuning into that it was ten a.m. Yeah, for us. So I tuned into about the first forty minutes because mm-hmm. um, I had the uh, the little one out in a stroller, and uh, she was allowing me the ability to like 
uh, put in an earphone and and listen to a thing in, yeah. in one side at least and and do that and about 40 minutes in i think uh was was where she wanted to go in and well actually she wanted to go to the yard and play which for her just means like run around and pick random dunny lines but apparently i have to be in full engagement for that to be fun for everyone mm-hmm. so uh yeah I, I i i had to tune out at some point and i really did learn some interesting things um i'd have to go back and really I, honestly i couldn't name them off the top of my head um but it was it was genuinely like a, a really fun listen and uh, something i was i remember the film well enough that i wasn't completely lost when he was going from scene to scene because I, I actually really do remember that film well i've seen it several times at this point oh yeah me too um probably upwards of 15 overall yeah i've probably seen it 10 or 11 times i would say yeah um but enough that I was able to follow along and I really did enjoy the commentary. But after a while, I was like, well, I mean, maybe it was going to happen up front and I have to, uh, I, I got to go deal with stuff that's on hand right now. Mm-hmm. And then several hours later, I look at my messages and just went, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord, <laughs> what hath happened? Yeah. And I keep seeing pictures of all things shady, uh, like brought to you by Zoom thumbnails of henry cavill with wouldn't you know it a fucking mustache yeah that was funny that's a really good touch yeah goddamn british humor <laughs> maybe or maybe good he job, was, guys maybe he was just doing another role like maybe he just really likes to have a mustache i don't know maybe i don't know i i do know that mustache alone is the reason that i will never see all the mission impossible films in my lifetime oh i'm definitely gonna watch all of them because i support henry and i don't care no, I just, I can't, I can't bring myself to do it. I don't care. I kind of want to sometimes. It's also Mission Impossible films, and I, it really is hard for me, because I, I enjoy uh, Henry Simon Cavill. Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg's him. Yeah, and Simon Pegg's a huge thing, and I think he helped write that film. But, uh, man, I I love Simon Pegg. I, I really want to help. And I'm just always fascinated by how Tom Cruise can make me stop thinking for a second that he's a goddamn lunatic. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing, if this helps you at all... Mm-hmm. Warner I mean, Brothers, I know he wanted to. Warner, Warner Brothers, Brothers asked yes. Paramount to. It's Paramount that I'm mad at. It's just that yeah, film I that understand. I'm taking it out on. I understand. But if it helps at all. I'll take it. What do you got? Warner Brothers did more to hurt Justice League than Paramount ever thought to do. <laughs> and we're still supporting them. Uh, that's fair. You know, and all the mad couples that are happening right now, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be great if paramount just came out and said like yeah we're sorry too (laughs) (laughs) they're like we're not gonna spend an extra like fifteen thousand dollars or fifteen million dollars or whatever they didn't have to i know warner brothers did say that they were there before to put the bill to add it because that would have been easier and looked better paramount was like this is still gonna look shitty though no (laughs) we're not doing that that's not exactly the film we're trying to make I felt more betrayed when that news came out than I had by, I think, anything else that had come out. Yeah. Uh, because it was the, one of the most, I don't know, one of the most like visually, what the fuck are we doing here parts of that film was definitely that lack of mustache. Well, the mustache was the, the mustache was the part that most people could like think well enough to wrap their brains around and make fun of. Like that was the big meme. Oh, it was tangible, but it was also something like I, I walked into this film hoping for the best thing I'd, I could possibly have hoped for. Mm-hmm. And the very first scene, I thought, oh, God, what are we doing? Yeah, I was fighting it, too, because like that first scene was I actually liked that first scene, except for the mustache thing. I was no, like, I didn't. Oh, I didn't mind. The, 
I liked the writing of that scene. Mm-hmm. I, I just it immediately I was like, what's happening with the face area? What's going I mean, on there? I still would have been like, you know, when they're like, oh, what do you like about Earth or whatever it was? I can't remember. <laughs> and he just sort of like has like a smile and like looks up. It's just like I just I could hear. I could hear the the mystery science theater crew going. I smell warm bread. Like, what is that face? Like, what is that reaction to that question? <laughs> Are those cookies? I smell. Mm. <sighs> I anyway, I, I, all I remember uh, about that scene is that it seemed very humble and quaint and pretty Superman-y. Uh, like, I remember liking that scene and just thinking, "Oh God!" And then as the movie progressed, over and over again, thinking. Oh, that's just bad. Yeah. Like, it didn't matter uh, how much I enjoyed myself at times or mm-hmm. uh, what questions it left on the table, and it for sure did, but it just, it didn't matter how much you liked it. You, there was a, there was no way you were walking out thinking, what's wrong with his face? Right. I, you know, I, man, it's, it's, it's rough because, like, once you, we, we were already doing this show for a while, like two, two years or so, or a little over two, two years. Nearly three, I think. And, um, well, it was November of 2017, so. Two and a half-ish. Yeah, so I, as I'm watching the movie, I'm going, this isn't that bad, but I can see every meme coming. <laughs> like, I'm going to be seeing this for the next decade. Like, <sighs> oh. And in our history, um, and it is part of our mission statement, is that things are valid and we're not just here to shit on them. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. That movie had some serious flaws. That was a mustache named Martha, buddy. Yeah. (laughs) We were looking at the new Martha. Son of a bitch. But we had been through, at that point, the BBS backlash and this Suicide Squad backlash. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Both movies where we enjoyed ourselves, but we had questions. Uh, There were were definitely concerns. But overall, we weren't going to, like, toss the entire thing out of the fucking window. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we got to that and thought, oh, come on now. What fresh hell? (laughs) <laughs> yeah Stephen Podcaster over on Twitter says Henry Cavill's future in the DCEU do you think it ends with the Snyder Cut or do you think he'll stay on and likewise Jonathan Hazelton on our Facebook group says with the Snyder Cut announcement and the rumors of WB shifting from Supergirl back to Superman do you think we will get more Cavill of soups and who would you pick for director I, I personally think that for him to even be able to do anything with the Snyder Cut, there had to be some sort of negotiation. And it's probably still WB's uh, within their purview to, to use him and develop a film with him. But uh, <clears throat> I think I think it probably does largely depend on um, how well the Snyder Cut does. But I also think that they are interested in developing Superman. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I think he'll be around. And Cavill himself does. He's he's left a lot of tidbits, a lot of crumbs along the way. Mm-hmm. Like I've, at no point have I ever doubted that Cavill was done being Superman. Like it, at no point. Um, he he seems to want this role. Mm-hmm. So uh, what what that leaves in the future is different. There's a lot of hubbub that conversations are in in effect at the moment, and I really hope they're right because I I really love him the role. Yep, I agree. All right, so let's get to <laughs> let's oh, get to... as far as director. I don't know, man. Oh God. yeah, you got a pick, know. Zack Snyder. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Sandberg. I don't know. Oh, David Sandberg. Yeah, 
I kind of just want him to stick with Shazam for a minute. Like I yeah, want no. him. I That's want him to get it. Let's let's let him do a uh, combo film. Get him back in there. You know, I would much rather see Superman versus Black Adam. Yeah, but I think Sandberg could pull that pretty hard. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I really don't. I I have no idea. Uh, hmm. I, yeah, I just don't know. All right. Aside from seeing it, if Snyder doesn't want to take a crack at it, then you know. I wouldn't mind seeing like Doug Lyman take a shot at it. You know, we've we've heard him talk about it. Uh, Christopher McQuarrie, we, we've seen him talk about it. Um, I don't think he'll do it now, but I think there are people out there who would be willing to take a crack at it, as long you know, as long as they're staying within the universe. Which you know, real life has different tones, so I'm I'm okay with another director bringing a different tone to the universe. Yeah, but um, yeah, uh, whatever they do, I'm I'm I'll be here for it. <laughs> yeah i will too whatever uh, version of mos2 happens i'll be in that theater yeah well i stand firmly in the camp that bvs was mos2 and whatever I know. comes later is saying, we're probably gonna build as a superman sequel at some point and yeah. i'll be there uh let, let's get over to david ayer's suicide squad though because now the precedent has been set um and the momentum is clearly there yeah and there is not nearly the amount of ambiguity um, what was, what was funny is we, we, you and I both saw the same tweet and I was about to respond from David Ayer where he says, of course it exists. And then it's almost complete except for some visual effects and in Spanish, mind you in Spanish, but yeah, I'm not, I can't pronounce any of that. So <laughs> that was basic enough. I could, if I was looking at it. So it was funny because translation I was, would be poor. I was about to be like, ah, that's no ambiguity there. And I looked down and you'd already written, there's no ambiguity there or something like that. I was like, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we were, we were in the same point on that one. Yeah. Um, Yeah. There there was no like uh, posting of a single shot on Vero kind of thing. Uh, mm -hmm. No, no, he has not pulled any punches whatsoever as far as where he is saying the film is and whether he would do it in a heartbeat. Right. And, you know, he's saying my cut would be easy to complete. It would be incredibly cathartic for me. It's exhausting getting your ass kicked for a film that got the Edward Scissorhands treatment. Um, Love that reference, being that I believe it is also a WB property. Right. You know, the funny part about it is I get the scissor thing, but I'm pretty sure that was pretty well Tim Burton's vision, that movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think he just said he was just saying it was chopped up because of the scissor hands. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, but what's exciting, though, is AT&T seems very, very, the AT&T Twitter account seems very happy to uh, consistently give us hope on on several things, including the air cut, because, you know, uh, Collider Frosty, Stephen Weintraub over uh, on Twitter says, the version of Suicide Squad that we've all seen was not the movie David Ayer wanted to release. With the popularity of the superhero genre, why not show his cut on HBO Max? And um, AT&T responded with a GIF. Oh, sorry, no. They were saying that, but then someone else said, complete the GIF and release the Snyder Cut. And AT&T responded to that with one thing at a time, laughing face, and then a GIF of Linda Carter's Wonder Woman looking around and breathing heavily heavily with flames behind her. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but, um, yeah, they, they keep hinting at other things. And, uh, like, they responded to a David Ayer tweet where he's saying he wanted to do it. 
with uh, a happy uh, dancing Jason Momoa. Uh, we have... <laughs> yeah, I saw that. This is fun. This guy named Clayton writes uh, about this, this the air cut. This, always this. And AT&T responded with a, an, entra- an enchantress gift that says anything is possible. All it takes is a little magic. So they're not shooting this down, dude. They are... No, no they're... Feeding the flames, if anything. They are absolutely feeding those flames. Yeah. Like, somewhere after um, Ayer said a couple things, and I saw the, like, at TNT, and a couple at TNT responses, this was, again, another moment where you keep weird hours and I keep relatively normal ones. Mm-hmm. So, I had already, like, sent you a couple messages saying, like, mm, I don't think this is all we're going to see this week. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you woke up and sent me several more that I had gone to sleep and not seen. Um, yeah. But it, it just became like, yeah, there's there's serious momentum on this. Absolutely. Um, I don't know where it, it's going to end anywhere, but there is a lot of talk. And you know what? We live in a brave new world, man. Fuck it. Yeah. And Ayer is talking a whole lot about how things originally were. Diablo lived. Harley and Deadshot hooked up. Katana got possessed. She was like possessed by an enchantress tendril. Um, the tattooed man, like. He was supposed to have been intimidated into killing himself by Joker. Yeah, I don't and it was a that. long that scene. scene alone, right? Yeah, man. And Brooklyn Batman wants to know uh, how we feel about the possibility of the air cut, and uh, I, I think it's a good possibility. Yeah. <laughs> I really do, and I'm excited. I want to see it. Um, he also yeah, says, "This is what, not the time for my cynicism. I'm just super hopeful right now." Yeah, and he also wants to know what character we think should have their own HBO Max show. Uh, whichever one has a creator behind it that has an interesting take. Yeah, also true. I mean, I, to some extent, I think we're already maybe going to get like a Green Lantern version of that question. Yeah, absolutely. And we've got Doctor. I mean, not Doctor Strange. Uh, Ada, uh, what am I thinking of? Adam Strange. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna get that show on HBO Max. I mean, I'm I'm pretty happy. I'm I'm pretty full too. Like yeah. they keep pumping me the dessert, and I just keep going. Okay, let's yeah. do it. But I'm not complaining. I remember we were asked a couple a uh, couple days ago about like what would we like to see, and I I was uh, I don't think we mentioned it, but like the Mitch Gerads Mr. Miracle take. Yeah. Oh my god, that would be cinematically amazing. Tom King, yeah. Which, wow. I mean, we might possibly be getting because Tom King's writing New Gods, the movie, yeah, with Ava DuVernay. So. Some version of that, yes. Um, Stu Little. Stu Little says, now that we've succeeded in getting the Snyder Cut and Ayer Cut, seems like a serious possibility. Who are we going to bully next? I feel so empty having brought a studio to their knees with my harassment having nowhere to go now. Um, I I don't, I think you're looking at it the wrong way. You're absolutely like, free to look at it that way. I know you're being facetious. But <laughs> but if I can be in a jackass for a second, there was some bullying. Oh, there was absolutely some bu- bullying. And I've said that over and over again. And yeah, I'm like not cool some with that. Of, some of this fan base went, went way beyond what was a reasonable reaction to another human being. Agreed. Now I know you're being facetious. And I definitely, like, we, we've seen Stu a little over and over again. I, I, absolutely. I don't think this is a, a thing. Love that, Stu. Yeah. We're, we're not talking about him here, but... But yeah, it was a thing. Mm-hmm. So my answer is no one. No one, Stu. <laughs> just, well, the thing is, though. Just be hopeful again. Warner Brothers is not, as you put it, being brought to their knees. They're just not. They 
they're a powerful entity, especially with AT&T behind them. There's no, there's no way they're, they are doing this because they see uh, a chance for profit. They see yeah. money. They see oh, dollar yeah. signs. Same thing. <clears throat> been there. Uh, oh my God. I mean, yeah, that's always the explanation. Like if anything, the WB AT&T involvement, those two, like that conglomeration, if anything helped this, not hurt it. No. Yeah, absolutely. We didn't. I mean, I'm really happy for what's happening for creativity and for fans sake, but mm-hmm. uh, to, yeah, to, to say that the fans went out in a certain way, it's not like the serfdom beat the, the, the regals, man. Uh, the nobility is doing a thing because they think it's the right thing for them. Yeah. And, and I, the and nobility, that. that's their, as you put it, that's their right. The nobility, as you put it, uh, I think this has been in the works since AT&T came in. I really do. Like, I think they've been talking about it and planning on it for a while. Um, I think there have been conversations with Zack Snyder before February, definitely. And, uh, I, dude, they knew what they had to do. They really did. Like, there was too much of a divide. They had to mend those fences as best they could with the fan base and with the general audience. They know they want to do more with Justice League, but, you know, how are they going to do more with that theatrical cut that everybody hated? Not just critics, but everybody, um, except for a few of us who are like, it's not that bad. I mean, that's what we're getting is like, it's pretty good, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, it, they yeah. knew, it, they it abs- was good, especially like <clears throat> we were giving it a little bit of credit based on mm-hmm. uh, the tumultuous production period that it went through. Yeah, absolutely. But and you know, still for that could have been a lot worse. But I'm also not going to give like it's not like how do I put this? It's not like the fans broke through so hard that they had to listen. Now, I'm not detracting in any way. The 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 fan sponsorship of this product is the only fucking reason it happened. Absolutely. Because if there was nothing like that happening, it would never have happened. Mm-hmm. I'm just also saying that all of that sponsorship and all of that effort could have been for naught. Yeah. And there was you know. something there to actually have access to. And honestly, if it was just if it was just the executives blowing in the wind, man, it would have been nothing. And it's it's either or like it's I don't know. Um, I feel like I'm taking everything away, but I'm trying to give it back at the same time. It would yeah. not have happened otherwise, but it could have not happened at all. And I think stuff was starting to get leaked and they had to move shit up. That's why Zach moved up his Man of Steel commentary from the June 14th to May 20th, because the bloggers and the scoopers started getting a hold of shit and started saying some stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, it man. was it uh, was the part that confused me the most was the timing. But apparently there was some uh, some background to that that made it all actually make sense. So I get that. But it is really going to uh, of course, they may have leaked this and, and it all might be a plan from the, of theirs to boost their subscription to HBO Max in the next two days when it comes out. <laughs> I'm serious. People are already signing up for it. You can already sign up for it and pre-order. Like I want to. No, I'm I- probably going to like. I did, and I don't have the right to at the moment, income-wise. Um, but I did anyway because I was like, "Well, fuck, I'm gonna pay for this at some point. I'm gonna, I need to save three dollars. I'm going to do that." Uh huh. So I get that. Um, it, the, like the timing of that part is not lost on me, and the timing mm-hmm. of it being like a really bad year for WB and them starting to probably put together their like quarter two numbers and them being real shitty, yeah, isn't lost on me. But yeah, apparently it was in the wind anyway. So let's do this. Yep. And uh, Zach Champion on Facebook, on the Facebook group, says, I'm curious if the release of the Snyder Cut will once again change the direction of the DCEU. Maybe. It depends on how popular it is, I think. Honestly, I I think the fact that 
Ezra Miller showed up on the CW is the most promising thing yet. Like this, the Snyder yeah. Cut appearing on HBO Max to me does not hold a candle to Ezra Miller showing up on the CW as far as what they're possibly planning in a multiversal capacity. Does that make sense? Yeah, I Did think I say uh, that sentence with words <clears throat> that made sense. Yeah, because I, I had to use multiversal somewhere in there, and I just I'm, I I'm worried about it afterwards. <laughs> yeah, I think I would agree with that. Um, and Zach also says, also, does it feel like fans somewhat bullied WB into giving and deciding, giving in and deciding to release it? And if so, is that considered toxic fandom? Uh, if you see, there's a point, there's a line, this is what I've been trying to get across. And I don't think I've said it correctly. There is a point where it's supply and demand. We are letting them know what we want. Yeah. And there's the, then there's the point where that crosses the line and becomes like attacking people who don't agree or just being like complete assholes and shitting on other artists and man there if it gets down to entitlement or cancel culture then you may have become you may become the bad guy at that point there's a there's an old line from uh well i know it from batman the animated series Mm -hmm. so it's apropos for this show no i like it rupert thorne tells uh tells his minions because they're looking for something on harvey dent it's in two-face part one i think and they're looking for, for dirt on Harvey. And they can't find anything. And Rupert says, there's something. The brighter the picture, the darker the negative. <laughs> so while you have all of these great fans who just want to see Zach's vision realized, they want to see the movie that they were promised, they uh, you know, feel bad for what happened to, to Zach and everybody involved. They feel bad for Ray Fisher, all these people, and they just want to see that happen. And they want to like let Warner Brothers know we're not going to sit idly by and just say like, yeah, whatever you want to give us, shovel into our open maws. Yeah. There's those people who were like, I want to burn everything to the ground because I didn't get what I wanted. Yeah. 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 Um, so it just happens. Going back to like Joe's thing about, uh, there are going to be people that don't like this. Yeah. There are going to be mm-hmm. people, people that don't like this. Like, and there's a particular subset of people. And I, I, I think I responded saying, well, I did respond saying spectrum is the word I used. Um, it's like, yeah, the whole thing is going to be a spectrum. And because it's a fan base of millions of people, we're going to get a lot of that spectrum and all of that spectrum has an opportunity to voice their opinion these days. So you get to see some of it. It used to not be the case. Crazy as that sounds. Um, like you used to have to have a fanzine to do this kind of shit, Mm -hmm. but now you can just go online and maybe get retweeted a few times and a few likes and maybe pop up into the, uh, the general atmosphere of that thought. But mm-hmm. yeah, there are going to be people, and here's the crazy part: there are going to be people that were like so Snyder fan based, and and that entire uh, you know that entire uh, film prospect based that they've done nothing but shit on everything that they've seen since. Mm-hmm. Again, hear me out. I'm talking about a very small percentage, I think, but there will be at least one of these people that is the I'm describing them. They wanted everything Snyder had. They hated yeah. everything since they got that. They could not be happier that they got this movie and then they're going to get this movie and not like it. Yeah. Just like there's the people who do the, did that exact same thing. Like old Jet Raimi over on Batman on film who just like after the Nolan shit, he just, he doesn't want anything. If he doesn't want Batman involved with, with superheroes, he yeah. doesn't want just, we've Sna- had it. Zack Snyder. This is he the high bar. We're done here. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. It's so strange. Like, I get it. Like, there's no version of fan reactions that you can't, uh, you, you can get anything if you have enough numbers to get them. Yeah. And I genuinely, I genuinely do not think that the uh, the overwhelming 
overwhelming amount of the Snyder Cut fan base was bullying. But to say that there's none is absolute fantasy. There was right. bullying. Absolutely. There was, there was cancel culture. Yeah. There was all that bullshit entitlement that is some of the stuff that we get mad about. And honestly, like the bullies are so loud that a lot of times you just start to associate the whole movement with that. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. We've done it. I've done it. I've definitely gotten that way a few times with some of the fan base was like, God, you know what? Fucking you can't have anything these days. Um, And I totally get it. I hate myself having, but I've had it and I've had to like reconcile that with like, I don't want to be that person. It's a thing I try not to do. So I've had to walk back and be like, you know what, dude, you weren't judging that correctly. But especially like as some of the films coming out, like Aquaman and Shazam and Birds of Prey came out, there was there was a subset of that fan base that just hadn't wanted nothing to do with it because it, mm-hmm. it wasn't part of that vision. And dude, I really do respect the the passion of that and the commitment of that. I, I, I actually do respect that part. Mm-hmm. But to shit on everything that came after it for all that everyone was putting into it is just kind of shitty. I, it, like that part. And there's oh, God, there's so many conversations about, like, well, should this behavior be rewarded? You know what? No, not everyone's behavior in this situation should have been rewarded. It's a goddamn spectrum. There's a group of people over here that were acting shitty and we're not happy they're getting the thing they wanted. It's a mm-hmm. very small, very small percentage, I think. But yeah, there were those people. They're out there. You can find their tweets. You can you can search for them. You can find evidence of this thing. Yeah. yeah. For the most oh, part, yeah. though, it was a lot of people that just really wanted to see their thing. And, you know, their opinions of well, the things that came after it. uh you know, we can't we can't really search those on the DC on screen account because I've blocked those people. <laughs> <laughs> I did too. <laughs> a, a lot of that I did too. There was a lot of cancel culture that I, uh, you know, ironically enough, I guess uh, canceled mm-hmm. uh, myself. But yeah, it, it is a it's, it's a subset. And the funniest part to me is like we're talking about there was min- millions of people, big general audience of people that saw these movies and had a certain opinion. And the Snyder Cut is, however you cut this, a small percentage of those people. Like you can go talk to, I mean, just talk to anybody in the GA. You're going to find like, what do you want to guess? 10, 15% maybe that mm-hmm. know what the phrase release the Snyder Cut even means. Yeah. And oh, yeah. I mean, within, then, within that, a smaller subset that has really been following it in any way, in, in any comprehensive kind of way. I like, know three people at my job right now who are still looking forward to watching Batman v Superman (laughs) (laughs) and the subsequent movies and did not know what the Snyder cut was, but they're a fan. They're just, you know, they got, they're busy. They got kids. They got, you know, work life and everything. Yeah. I mean, it, it, God, it goes, there's just so many fucking people in this world. So uh, there's, uh, there are people I've talked to that are still looking for like Chris, uh, like Christian Bale to show up at some point in these movies. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a real thing that I've encountered multiple times. I didn't realize how, just how bad it was until, uh, you know, I had to deal with the, with all the people in my friend group who I thought were pretty savvy and nerdy. Mm-hmm. And they were like, no, Batman Begins was a prequel to the Tim Burton Batman. He had the Joker card at the end. <sighs> <laughs> how are you breathing? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's bad. I mean, in in our world, we exist in a in in a certain part of the world where a lot of this information is known, and like within that world, I think honestly, a lot of us are willing to accept that. Like, yeah, they were they were outliers to everything. So, mm-hmm. outliers to people being really shitty about the release of Soderkamp movement is 
yeah, they were there. Like, you, you can't just say they weren't there. They were there. They were being shitty people about a thing that they didn't have any rights to. Overall, though. Overall, it was just a lot of people being very positive. Like, positive in a way that I, I envy because uh, I just don't have the kind of faith to be that kind of person. Yeah. I just really don't. I, I genuinely envy your journey, your experience over the last several years. Wish I could have been a part of it in a more real way. Wish I could have had the, like, the emotional catharsis that you've had in the last few days. Just not how I'm built as a person. And I'm deeply happy that I'm at least on the other side of it with you and get to see the fucking thing. Yeah. And, you know, the... For all the toxicity that the the Snyder Cut fandom may have uh, produced, way more of it, you know, when you start looking at, like, how much fundraising they did for suicide prevention and stuff was just, like, you know... Oh, that was always fantastic. It's, you have, like, a huge group of them doing that, and then, like, there's another group that's like, if you don't like Snyder, kill yourself. I think that's the wrong message. <laughs> I don't think that's like, the message that is... Zach would approve of. No. No. I... I... That, especially the stuff they did for uh, the suicide prevention efforts uh, and always taking a cut and funneling it into that, which is something that is, of course, meaningful to the Snyders mm-hmm. and something that should be meaningful to any leaving, living, breathing person with a goddamn conscience. Um, that was always fun to see. It didn't matter how much I thought this was misguided, and I have on many occasions. Um, and by many occasions, I mean the entire time up until I've <laughs> gotten to this point. Uh-huh. By that I mean the entirety of the time that I was wrong, which is up to and including a few days ago. Right. That was always really nice to see that there was like this just how do you fucking argue with this is a good thing kind of thing that was happening as a subset of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. All right. Th- those efforts were incredible. All right. So we've talked about Zack Snyder's Justice League. We've talked about David Ayer's Suicide Squad. Let's talk about Ben Affleck's Batman. True. <laughs> um <laughs> Chris Baga of World's Finest True Believers writes us on Twitter, says, With unnamed sources saying AT&T and Warner Media want Ben back in the cowl from the Culture Nerd blog, do you think this is possible? If Justice, if Snyder's Justice League is a huge hit, would it be possible to see them greenlight a, a Snyder's Justice League universe on exclusive HBO Max? Would you want that? Um, and what he's talking about is... Uh, the, the culture nerds or whatever they're called. Yeah, the culture nerd uh, blog. I love that, that you're actually referring to a thing instead of just generically referring to it. I uh, know. You're they not stereotyping. Say, That's an actual proper noun. Yeah. They say sources close to TCN. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the fact that they're calling themselves TCN. <laughs> the sources close to TCN have informed us that AT&T and WarnerMedia wants Ben Affleck to return as Batman. And also to resume work to adapt his original script for The Batman that originally featured Batman vs. Deathstroke. No word yet on if the project is for theatrical release or for HBO Max. Um, I have no reason to believe this, but I also have no reason to disbelieve it. As, um, you know, we have someone actually wrote to AT&T on Twitter and said, after the announcement of Justice League, will it be possible to see Ben Affleck as Batman in other future films? And AT&T responded, who knows what the future holds? Who knows who will answer the call with the gif of Batman from BVS standing next to the bat symbol yeah. or the, 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 you know, the, the signal. Uh, so I, I, I don't think they're, they're not, I'm, I'm using a double negative on purpose. I don't think they're not open to it. Yeah. I, and I think like I, I can, myself have gone from an atheist to an agnostic on all of these concepts. I am. I believe. <laughs> you're still, you're, yeah. <laughs> I believe 
that with a lower I feel budget. Like you're going to be like Episcopalian by the end of this. With a lower budget. <laughs> That's Episcopalian is pretty I, low budget. You know, look, once we get out from underneath. I say this with a lot of love for Episcopalians, mind you. Yeah. Here, the thing about BVS and Justice League, mm-hmm. where they were like t- touting those huge budgets, that was also tied in to previous developments. Uh, Wolfgang, Wolfgang Peterson was developing Batman v Superman, so Warner Brothers funneled a lot of, uh, you know, that money into this development and that claim that is the sure. budget. A lot of pre-development uh, that was tied into a budget that never got used because that's Justice how the industry works. Yeah. Oh, on Justice yeah, League. Justice League Mortal with George Miller. Yeah. And so all dark. of that, as, as I understand. Part of Dark. Um, I don't think Justice League Dark was, but... It was uh, being... It, well, I'm <clears> suspecting <throat> that. It was being developed similar time and I wouldn't be surprised if it was folded in because it's a little bit how they do things. But, um, yeah, Ooh. so... If we're talking also, it was about before the trend where people started like intentionally lowering the budget because they wanted to do things a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if we're talking about Ben Affleck gets to do what he wants, like, and he wants to, we know that he wanted to do more of a detective thing. He wanted to do more of the noir thing. He wanted to do, you know, Batman versus Deathstroke. All that can be accomplished on much less budget. We already know Warner Brothers is funneling money into doing HBO Max originals. Um, way less, it's way less uh, pressure on Affleck. Yeah. He's looking like he's back in shape too. I don't know what to think about that. He looks good. He does I, look I, good. It's My, one of the things that we've had a lot of visual evidence for is mm-hmm. the narrative that part of the problem that he dropped out was because he was having like dependence related health issues. Yeah. And it, honestly, like him coming back, if he never wanted to come back again and it was because of his, uh, his issues in that area. Fuck. Yeah. But you know, like, don't do it, man. It's, it's not healthy for you, but right. he's looking great. And I, I, I think it's a different environment. Yeah. And you know Hope what? It's if, a different environment. Like if, if you gave um, him 35 million to make this movie and he paid himself like six, mm-hmm. maybe Manginelli like three and a half or something. I think they'd probably get him on board. A lot of back end points if you want to try to do that kind of thing, but it might be enough to get the thing off the off the ground, and I think he could do it. And like you were saying, man, Brave New World. We don't know when theaters are reopening. Not for real. Not, Not for, for real. real. Like so, streaming might be the next thing. I mean, it is the next thing. It is. Period. Flat. That's the <laughs> Pandora's box has been opened. <laughs> we have studio. Like we have. We have like AMC. Saying I'd be like tiptoeing not... onto that and be like, you know what? No, my foot's no. in this. AMC is already in the sink. They're not taking. We're doing. They're not going to do Universal movies anymore because Universal, you know, put their shit out on streaming. You know what? You know how many people have kids and would be like, no, I would love to just pay twenty bucks and and rent a freaking movie in my house yes on day of we release. all have access to television we all want that shit. bigger than our fucking arm span for 350 dollars. <clears throat> i don't have kids and i don't want to go to the theater i, I, I mean, there's something to be said for it oh it is God. an experience and i i appreciate that being around but if i had to trade it right now for like the way the industry has been working for the last 20 years versus what is an option now and what could yeah. be an option in the future yeah i would probably scuttle that shit yeah, and, and look, man, hope for the future. There's a uh, a movie theater chain uh, coming out of Texas started buying up properties and stuff, and uh, like they're crazy, dude. Like, and I think they're the future of theaters because with streaming coming, theaters ain't shit. These theaters have like bowling alleys and all sorts of crazy stuff in them, like oh, arcades yeah. and and freaking fun houses and shit. 
serve beer, you know, the whole nine. You know, like that's to me, that's what the theater experience is going to become. Like Dude, it's going to be like we're not even far from it. Like the one in Crestwood that we're near. Yeah, they have like a bouncy. The one castle that is a five whatever five dollar theater, mind you. Who mm-hmm. by the way did upgrade their seats so that they're more far more comfortable. Oh, and then uh, they got rid of that uh, air conditioning problem that made you almost hate the first Avengers film. Oh, it didn't make me hate the first Avengers film. I just wanted to burn the place down. Theater. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like we, we couldn't even hear the line like puny God because the air conditioning was on. So nor uh, could we see their faces because their heads were chopped off. There was a little bit of that too, but they fixed that about halfway. If I remember. Anyway, um, that, that theater now like has like a, it has a trampoline park. Well, mm-hmm. I say uh, this was all, several months ago it had a trampoline park it had uh, an arcade that was actually pretty sweet and yeah. served served beer like you mm-hmm. can get you know two per person to to go to your seat with um it it was already leaning that way and at some point i think you and i were talking about the idea i can't remember if we, did, if we were uh on record when we did that but we, you and i were eventually or at some point talking about the idea of like what if all this shut down and all that was left was just a bunch of theaters that were at some point making like a dollar a film like i remember one in center point um, God, uh, this would have been way before you moved to Birmingham. So you probably don't remember anything like it, but it was a dollar theater in center point. And it was literally a dollar theater, man. I mean, me and my dad would drive out there for, it would cost us as much in gas to get there and back as it would to watch the fucking film. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know the center point one. I, I, I know the Lorna road dollar. You theater. know the concept. Oh, the Lorna yeah. road. Yeah. That was similar. Very. Yeah. And, um, I, I like, it's still like it's still a brick and mortar position with all the capacities with everything else. I think it, you you and I were at some point uh, just pitching the idea that like, what if it was just down to me and my friends rented this place for like two hundred dollars and you mm-hmm. played as like Firefly, like the whole season. Mm-hmm. You just projected what we asked you to project on the fucking screen, like for two hundred dollars, and we all split the bill, and it was twenty of us, and all it just cost us ten bucks, and yeah, it was the entire fucking day, but we also bought all these concessions and. Mm-hmm. Adam bringing pizza that they paid that we paid for and everything else and like we just we just paid for the entire fucking afternoon but we just paid X amount and at some point it was just what if we were in charge of what hit the actual screen like what was actually yeah. on the projector because I'm not sure that we're that far from that at this point oh yeah yeah I mean yeah the old the old theater system is is hard up at the moment like Regal and AMC did not do well over the last few months and you know I. I I think the the times were a bit changing anyway. Mm-hmm. As they Bob were. would have put it. This just this just pushed the uh pushed the timeline forward. But I think so, yeah. Uh, uh, like if it comes back in full swing, I'll be very surprised. Yeah. Uh Zach Champion over on Facebook and our Facebook group. By the way, come join us. Facebook group. PC on screen. Says <laughs> Have you Everything. heard the DC on screen? Have you heard the DC on screen podcast actually? Uh oh but, yeah, yeah, I forgot. That's the on, one exception. On yep. Zach, Zach says, have you heard the rumor that Pattinson has been fired from the Batman? I have now. Also, does the Snyder Cut being released mean that HBO Max will give us more of a glimpse into the multiverse? No. I think uh, Ezra Miller on The Flash in Crisis on Infinite Earth means yeah. that HBO Max will give us more of a glimpse into the multiverse. <laughs> yeah. That was that was a defining point. Yeah. Um, but so no, glad I, I didn't have that spoiled for me. I actually got to watch that. Yeah, that's cool. God, I screamed. I screamed. The houses next to me heard me scream, I'm sure. I, I, I had it spoiled, but even as I was like seeing the, the shit play out on my phone in front of me, I screamed. <laughs> so look, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't believe that Pattinson has been fired in any capacity, period. Matt Reeves is making his movie, man. 
Matt Reeves making that movie. Yeah. That's happening. Yeah. That, no matter what happens to Ben Affleck. Honestly, in terms of their names, Reeves, Trump's Pattinson, I think. Like, he's going to get to make his movie regardless. Mm-hmm. If he wants Pattinson along, he's going to come along. Yep. I mean, not against Pattinson's will. I mean, it just, you know, you know what I mean. Yep, I do. So, according to a site called The Illuminati, <laughs> I, I don't I like know it. how... I don't know how... Look, I'll be honest. That sounds familiar. I feel like we're running across that. We may before. have. I still didn't know him. Uh, that's a good name, though. Good job. The name was good enough that I was like, you know what? We're including this piece of news. Yeah, I like it. Um, they say that a court, the, they have a source that says that uh, the Justice Society of America is being evaluated for their own feature film following their appearance in Black Adam, pending the public's reception to the movie. Well, duh. Cool. Well, you can test it on Stargirl for sure. Oh, my God. Okay, we're going to talk a little bit about Stargirl when we come back from this break, but <laughs> I'm loving it so far. Yeah. I'm loving yeah. it. All right. I, I think I told you when I talked, it was like my back hurt <laughs> after picking up all those names they dropped. Right? All right. So when we come back from break, we're talking about Ruby Rose exiting Batwoman. Mm, yeah. Boom. All right. We're back. Let's get into some TV news here. Ruby Rose is gone, man. She says, I've made the very difficult decision to not return to Batwoman next season. This was not a decision I made lightly, as I have the utmost respect for the cast crew and everyone involved with the show in both Vancouver and in Los Angeles. And uh, she's very appreciative, blah, 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 and truly grateful, blah, blah, blah. And I don't believe any of <laughs> that shit. The speech. Yeah. So, um, here's the thing. A bunch of people were like, well, maybe this has to do with her herniated disc. She had a couple herniated discs, had to go into emergency surgery. I wondered well, about that. Yeah. Was at risk for being paralyzed, but that was back a source. in like October, I think. Variety says that a source familiar with the situation tells Variety that it had nothing to do with her health or injury. Um, according to multiple sources, Rose was unhappy with the long hours required of her as the series lead, which led to friction on the set. It was thus decided by her and the network and studio Warner Brothers Television they should part ways. TV Line shares a similar story. Their sources say it wasn't 100% her decision. It was a breakup. She wasn't happy working on the show, and did that make her fun to work with? No. So everyone decided it would be in the best interest of the show, and for all concerned, if they parted ways, it just wasn't a good fit. Yeah, like, I believe the entire... uh... (laughs) Like the whole picture, the the gestalt of the whole thing makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Any individual piece I could talk about, but you know, like, it, funnily enough, this would be the biggest news if it hadn't been the week it had been. I know, right? <laughs> like, this would be big. Now yeah. I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah. TV line said that she did, she wasn't acclimating well to her life in Vancouver. I, <laughs> when I shared that story, I said Vancouver strikes again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's been a big deal for a lot of people. Like a lot of the, seriously, to be a series regular or mm-hmm. God forbid you're an actual like full on cast member of some of these shows, you're going to spend six to eight months in Vancouver. Yeah. That's part of your life now. Yeah. That, you need to plan your life around that. Your mm-hmm. kids go to school and don't see you for a few months. They come back and you're there again and you're there for a bit in the summer and then you're gone again. Like I... I get why at some point somebody's like, well, you know what? I've spent enough of my life this way. I have to go. Like mm-hmm. Stephen Amell in particular, just needing to raise his kids and be with his wife. Fucking, I get it. I also get why if somebody shows up and after a while they're like, holy shit, I'm working 12 hour days. Uh-huh. I'm working 12 to 18 hour days, which I'm expanding now from some of the old Smallville stories. I'm 
working 12 to 26 hour days and you know it's it's cold as balls up here yeah and um i'm just i'm just tired frustrated and i don't know when this show is going to end because supernatural is on season 27 mhm so um i i you know i i'm not completely hating on her for it i liked her in the role i really did i've enjoyed this season yeah um, i've enjoyed the season i go back and forth on I'm whether like i like her two episodes short of finishing it but i really have enjoyed you know, the season um I like her a lot more than my wife likes her in the role, but that's not the issue here. Well, my wife's walked through a few times and thought, well, she was also a fan of Orange is the New Black, so she's seen her before, but uh, mm-hmm. she liked her here too. And uh, man, I, I don't think there was anything wrong with her being in that role as far as the uh, what I was getting as a viewer. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it, I it's, it is, it's rough. I get it. I get that it's rough. I'll, you know, I also get that at some point the CW has got to be like, dude, if, if, this is how you're going to be about it. We got to, we got to find another way. We, yeah. We got to go. Absolutely. Uh, so Mark Guggenheim though, was talking uh, to Collider. He says, I was talking to one of the women, sorry, the Batwoman writers the other day. And we were saying how in, in this is a great creative opportunity. I think there'll be people who come to the show, quite frankly, just to see how the writers choose to handle this. I'm a big believer that anytime sure you face. Would. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> I'm a big believer that anytime you face a production challenge, and sometimes it's in cast, while sometimes it's just logistics, in that challenge lies a creative opportunity. And given what, at- we know he's, what we know he's been through, <laughs> yeah, it's a man who can stand behind this statement. I was actually talking about that with Beth Schwartz the other day. We were talking about how once production res- presumes post-pandemic, how are we going to work with all these different limitations? And it's the exact same thing, which is that in those limitations and in those challenges lie the chance to do something new and different and come up with a clever, creative solution. That, to me, is the fun part of the job. Now, I mean, we've seen them just sort of recast people like Sarah Lance. Um, yeah. I don't think you can really do that here. Not with a lead. And I'm just thinking like, man, you know, the whole show is centered around face swapping right now. <laughs> <laughs> to me, a bit, unfortunately. To me, a bit, unfortunately, too. But, you know, we not did my get... favorite storytelling device. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, it's not. But I'm kind of wondering. I if do they like didn't... a lot of what the show's doing other than that. But yeah. I'm kind of wondering if that's if they didn't see this coming, though. And they were like, let's lean into the whole face swapping thing. Let's let there be a mechanism in this particular universe where there's face swapping. Oh, also, if you go back a little further, like, let's let there be a mechanism in this universe where Oliver didn't close up every single gap. There are some dissonant particles in the universe. Mm. Okay. So there can be a Beth and an Alice and all that. Right. Um, do you have an idea for Good who work. you'd like to see? Good work. Take it, on the it, character? Actually take it on? No, man. Yeah. I... Oh, I really don't know. Um, uh, I, I, s- I feel like I just have to pick somebody with like dark eyes, dark eyebrows, dark hair. And then, you know, honestly, the first person to come to mind is Selena Gomez. And I just don't know if she's going to be up for it. Oh, yeah. No, I wouldn't think. I mean, she's not bad as an actress, but. <laughs> I have no idea. It's just the first person I thought of that fit that that description of brown, brown, brown. Uh, you know, Stephanie Beatrice of uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, she plays Rosa. She said Ooh. she would be interested in playing it. Absolutely. Um, Bring it on. She said she just dyed her hair red, too, which is funny. Um, and what's even it's not funnier, necessarily. We have a wig for that, but I like well, her enthusiasm. What's the, well, that's the thing, is they just made a joke on the show. On last episode, second to last episode, something about how uh, 
having like a flammable wig is probably not the best thing to to have in the costume. <laughs> I don't disagree. Um, so she's interested. Uh, Jade Taylor of the Magicians wants it, and she was she was saying like, "Hey, I was thinking they should maybe cast someone with fighting skills like Krav Maga, who has already played a badass on screen the last five years and loves working crazy hours." Just saying. And posted- uh, I'm not disagreeing. I've, the wife watched The Magician several seasons of it, and uh, yeah, I can dig that. Yeah, she. I mean, uh, she was. I've scrolled some- through several times and didn't think she was doing an abhor- abhorrent job at all. Oh. Uh, the, the one I'm most interested in seeing happen though, uh, Wallace Day of Krypton, the girl that played Nissa Vex, <laughs> says oh, she, she'd be into that. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I could dig that too. <laughs> that didn't sound like a wholesome grunt. <laughs> no, no, I was just thinking. <laughs> that you... was a, that was a carnal snarl right there. No, it wasn't. It was more of like, you've just given me a few options that I really liked, and now uh-huh. that, one, that one's a hard contender as well. Yeah. But I also, uh, I, I don't know what, what amount of range I've gotten to see out of any of these people. If anything, Beatrice, at least I've I've seen so much of her over several years. Oh, she's got that, so much she's she's bursting with range. I know, I know. She she is genuinely just a, a deeply talented person. But I'm only saying that because I can verify it because I've seen some of it. The rest of them I just don't know enough about. Right. I'm not I'm not gonna take that away from them. I, I would definitely need to do more research. But yeah. damn, uh all three of those options are mm, uh, de- definite possibilities. Yeah. Well, you know, what was funny is like, I saw a few articles that were like, oh, the cast of Batwoman say goodbye to Ruby Rose or whatever. And then none of them said goodbye. None yeah. of them said anything about, oh, they yeah, were just no. like, we're keeping our heads up. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we, we're going to stay here. I'm like, hmm, maybe she did make some enemies. Because like, yeah, no one was fun. like, we can't believe we love her and we've mi-. no, no one's saying we, we love her. We'll miss her. Nothing. I was just like, hmm, that's interesting. She must have really hated it. <laughs> it's possible because it, it, it is very much a boot camp doing those seasons. And oh, yeah. Every time I see an actor and actress leave, it feels like there's this uh, outpouring. Like We get bored with it mm-hmm. uh, because it's it's a it's a great sentiment. And I appreciate it. But it's it's also like after you've read everyone from uh, fucking Valdez to Harewood say how much they loved a character. You're like, OK, man, I get it. <laughs> they were great yeah. to work with and. I'm glad you had a great experience, but I'm done reading the same press point over and over again. Yeah. I get that. Mm, I get that. I mean, yeah, maybe it, it just, maybe it, if it wasn't Variety, maybe I'd question it more, but. I mean, it's Variety for, and TV for Line. For Variety to have said that, and TV Line, yeah, too. They're not, they're not bad eyes. TV for them solid. to have said it, yeah, maybe it's just not, it just wasn't going to work out. Yeah. We can look forward to somebody else. All right. Uh, to and I'll bet this... you this, whoever we get, going to stay there for a minute. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're gonna have a conversation about that shit oh yeah uh to wrap this edition of dc on screen up i would like to inform you guys and gals whoever you may be out there mm-hmm. uh the flash season six is now on netflix as that show has now wrapped its sixth sixth season it's hard to say sixth season mm-hmm. and the season six blu-ray is going to include all of crisis on infinite earths they had said that it was just going to be the arrow sets but that's fine. Mm. Lie to me all you want, you bastards. Um, I feel like they have space on those discs they didn't think they were going to have before. Oh, you. Oh, shit. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> think that may be a thing. <laughs> they got to keep that price point up. Like, ah, we yep. really need that extra disc. 
You literally would not like if I looked at the back of your disc and be like, you didn't even fill this thing up. <coughs> oh shit! Like All with right. Arrow, they knew they they knew it was going to be a limited season, and they could put those things on there in full quality, and it still wouldn't fill up the entire disc. Yeah, you are absolutely. I had not even thought about that. That's hilarious. <laughs> I hope I'm right about it. Oh my god! No, you're absolutely right. There's no way you're not right about that shit. I've spent too much time being a pirate. <laughs> All right. I'm wrapping that this shit up. ended so. years ago. HBO, you can't come for me anymore. I'm ra- Yeah. <laughs> I'm wrapping this one. Uh, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for writing in, asking us questions, and sitting here for two hours listening to us talk about Snyder Cut and Air Cut and all the things. Yes, uh, the next episode you're going to get from us is our uh, season six review of The Flash. So uh, until then, keep some DC on your screen. Our intro music is by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Galactic Engineers of Magnetic Sounds, or GEMS, can be found on SoundCloud and Bandcamp. Visit DCOnScreen.com to find our Patreon, merch, contact information, and every episode of the show for free, including crossovers we've done with other podcasts. DC Onscreen is a maladjusted production. For more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy, vlogs, parodies, and our improvised web series Hey Guy, visit maladjusted.tv. That's the sound of a day starting out right. I hear it every time my new Toro Z-Master 4000 Zero Turn starts up. With big-time horsepower, giant voodoo track tires, turbo force deck, and comforts like MyRide and USB ports, it's fully loaded to mow all day long while delivering that signature Toro cut. From start to finish, this beast means business. Get your Z-Master 4000 today. Toro. Count on it.